This is What's In with Olaplex. I'm your host, Danielle Frank. Together, we break down all things beauty, health, and wellness and discuss not just what's out, but also what's in. Today, I have content creator and stylist, Sabra Johnson, to talk about what's in and what's out with our clothes and personal style. We're going to talk about ditching the arbitrary fashion rules, finding your own personal style, and curating a capsule wardrobe that makes you fall in love with your closet. Sabra is a style icon who helps people feel more joyful in their personal style. Her social media features all sorts of fashion content, from thrifting tips to styling tutorials. And if you want to stay on trend, follow us at What's In Podcast on social media and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Sabra. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, tell me about how you became a stylist. So I was not a stylist. I don't think I consciously contemplated becoming a stylist, right? I think in the back of my fashion-obsessed mind, I think that may have been something I wanted to do. I'm a member of a wine society, and I was at an event. I met a woman. We had a conversation, nothing, just basic small talk. And then the next month at the meeting, she struck up a conversation with me again, and she started asking about my clothes and, and things, and that was kind of that. A few days later, the, the friend of ours that puts on this wine society sends me a text and says, you remember my friend, Laura? Um, she wanted to know if you would help her with her wardrobe. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I said, you mean like she wants to pay me to help her get dressed? And she said, yes. I said, well, absolutely. Wow. Now, I was scared. I was fried. I said, she does know this. I'm not that by perfect. That's not... I'm the furthest thing from that, right? She said she just feels like you would be able to help her. And so when I when I went to meet with her, I asked her, why did you think I could help you? And she said, you know, I've done the professional stylists, the ones with the, the placard outside their wall before. And she said, I, they just, it was a cookie cutter thing. She said, I don't want that. I like what I see, what you do. To me, personal styling is a big responsibility. It is a privilege to me for people to say, I want you to help me do this. And it's a huge responsibility because I'm helping you communicate who you are when you walk into a room. So that's how I got started. So we, I did the whole closet edit, but she was so easy. And I knew I was like, there's no way all of it could be this easy because she's like, whatever you say, I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll get rid of it. Whatever. If I say get rid of it, she got rid of it. There was maybe a couple of pieces where we had an issue, but Everybody's not that easy. I mean, because it's it's also a very (laughs) personal and emotional journey. It definitely is. I keep thinking as a hairdresser, the way a person wants to wear their hair is a very deeply personal Mm -hmm. thing. And sometimes it's about taking their ideas and taking their personality and somehow personalizing it to really bring out that spark of who they see themselves as on the inside. Right. And I didn't want was let me make her look like me, right? Like I don't, and I was hoping that's not what she wanted because then that's not her. And the truth is you can't be me because you're not me. You're not going to carry it the same way. You're not going to do it the same way that I do. 
So with that being said, what was your journey to your personal style? Like what made you really get to that? Like, hey, this is me. Because I know I only just found that like only in the past few years. Same. So I was always interested, like from a, I don't know, high school, junior high. I remember, I think, you know, I was around when Elle magazine started and I had a subscription. My aunt got me a subscription and I was obsessed. You know, that wasn't accessible style to me, right? And also in my home, education was number one, like how you dressed and all that, you know, that was just not important. It, it was the education. So I never got to fully dive in to that that topic, right? So, you know, I'm influenced by people around me. I'm wearing whatever. Although my father, who was my first style inspiration, he always told me, don't follow trends. You set trends. And I didn't, I don't think I fully understood that at that time, but I never forgot it. And he, he would always tell me that. So within the last few years, COVID hit. I connected with this Instagram community and they were doing these style challenges and they were like wild things like, oh, we're going to do camo week. So we're camo and stripes, camo and this, or we're going to dress in a some kind of theme, right? We're doing, you know, cottage core or something, right? And the floodgates, oh, like it just was just open. So you took a topic that might not be indicative of your personal style and you made it your style, so to speak. That was the fun part. You got to, it was my interpretation, right? And it was everyone. And we're posting our pictures and sharing and learning from each other and just trying all these things. I always played in my closet, styling the clothes I had, but I don't think, I think I still did it within a certain box, certain confines, Mm -hmm. right? I wasn't, I was always different from the people at work because I just had my own style, but it still wasn't out there like that. And so I tell people, you got to play in your closet. Put stuff together that you never would think. Well, I feel like in every wardrobe, there should be like those multifunctional pieces that everybody should have because it's almost like painting a room, a beige, but you can have pops of color all over the place yes. if you don't have those those pieces. And, and let me tell you, I am going through a process right now, going through my closet, uh, one, because I finally got rid of some of that hormonal weight I gained, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm not the same size as I was a couple of years ago, but yet I was still wearing it. But then also, I just felt as though I wanted to have those core pieces that I can accessorize and change up to really reflect my personality. But what are your thoughts about it when it comes to those core pieces? Is it something that is across the board, same for everybody? Or is it like kind of individualized? Um, I think it's a little of both. Like when people say, what what are, what are should I have? I'm like, well, that's different for everyone, depending on your lifestyle, what you do and how you choose to express yourself. Because I know people that don't wear jeans. Like I would say you need at least one or two pair of jeans. But I know people who like, I don't wear jeans, right? So mm-hmm. Okay, then clearly that's not a thing for you. Um, blazers, I think, are are key because they just, I mean, your basic jeans and a T-shirt or any khakis and a T-shirt, when you put a blazer on it and a great pair of shoes, like it becomes something completely different. So your core items can be anything, but they really have to fit that person's lifestyle because my core items aren't the same. I mean, when my kids were younger you know, and I am like running around, changing diapers, Mm -hmm. all that stuff, you know, 
the jeans and the t-shirt. You had to have those basic t-shirts. I probably had every color of the same t-shirt that like would <laughs> potentially fit me. Nine out of 10 times because I was normally spilling something on it and I would have to replace it. But that was my core thing. And then I would, you know, throw an accessory on it or a jacket or a sweater or something mm -hmm. like that to jazz it up. Nowadays, like, I don't know. I'm really into like wearing skirts and dresses right now. I don't, I'm not today, but I mean, usually I like wearing something that is a little bit of a standout thing. Mm -hmm. I like basic core, but accessorize and make it a little snappy. But it's just a different lifestyle. So now my choices have changed. Exactly. So I get exactly. that. Exactly. I recently wore something that I think most people, if I described it, they say, oh, that's boring. A khaki colored midi skirt with pleats and a white button down shirt. That's, yeah, man. Okay. That's nothing exciting about that. Right. So I wore this when I was in New York during fashion week, but I had this hat that is like just statement. It, it's so statement. I had some people unfollow me because they just couldn't accept. Yeah, no, I don't know. It was weird. This this one lady literally was like, I have been following you for a while. And I just think now you're just going for outrageous. And and I'm like, wow, you're really having this reaction to a hat. I'm literally wearing a, a tan skirt to a hat. and a white shirt. But it's the hat that she it was so interesting that she had that reaction. And it says more about the person than it does you, that's for sure. Yeah. It's kind of like art. Yeah. You know, we think about it. Like with art, like depending on what it is, it could be a dot on a canvas and people will have a visceral mm -hmm. reaction to it. And others will be like, oh, look at the dot. Yeah. <laughs> and getting dressed is my art. That is my creative outlet. You know, it's just where my mind goes wherever. And I can't be limited. So now let's like make a little pivot. Let's talk about what's out with clothes and personal style right now and what's going on. Something that I think is out is this quantity over quality, you know, fast fashion practices. I'm trying really hard to get those quality pieces. Doesn't mean expensive, but quality staple pieces that will last a long time because just sustainable is so important. Right. Sustainability, um, but also just your individual style. I think that's hard to do when you're shopping fast fashion. You know, I see folks, oh, this person has this. Okay, that person has the jumpsuit. Okay, that person has it. Everybody's got the same jumpsuit. Although some people are styling it, some people are just wearing it. And then I see everybody wearing the same jumpsuit, right? Um, I do... Mm -hmm worry about, you know, sustainability, the planet, understanding what happens with these these clothing during manufacture. And then the fact that some of them, and I won't say all of them, some of them don't last long. And I'm not going to say I don't have fast fashion items. I do, but it's not a place I go regularly. And when I do have it, I know it's something that's going to last me a long time because that's how, how I'm going to treat it. I had a client who was really just starting to get into style and she didn't really have a lot of money and she wanted to build a wardrobe. So she would send me these things from these websites and I'm like, please don't buy that. Please. It's, it's cheap. Mm -hmm. It's not going to last you. I would rather you go thrifting, look through that stuff and find some things there. And that way you can also afford to try different things. Thrifting was another way to me also to just connect with your style. So it's, it's sustainable, 
Um, it's, it's just a cyclical, beautiful process. I think sometimes I'm there like, someone didn't want this, you know? So I much prefer to thrift than to um, shop a, you know, Zara or Shein or any of those places um, anyway. One of my favorite dresses, and I got it 20 some odd years ago, and I got it at a thrift shop. It was, I don't remember what designer it was, but it was designer and I got it for like $7. And I, I'm always very transparent about this many, many years ago. Like, you know, we had like went through rough times. We were on social services. We, we were struggling. And so really going to a thrift shop was the only option. But in the same breath, I had learned at that time really how much people just throw away things how many pieces of clothing in there that were fast fashion that I knew were never going to move. Or if they did, it's like, it's going to go in the garbage and, and in the landfill eventually as well. But also that there are a lot of people that will get quality clothing, but maybe they change sizes or it's just doesn't suit them, whatever. And it gets donated. And when you find that piece, whew, I found a piece last week that was a green jacket from the 60s. Yes. I was in bliss. I got it for $4. <laughs> nothing beats, Let me tell nothing you. beats cheap vintage, right? I've been right? walking around with, I should have <laughs> wore it today. I was walking around thinking I am like the hottest yes. thing. Because let me tell you, the quality, the lining, though, yes. you know, it's a little faded over the years, but the lining was just so delicate and beautiful and a contrasting color. And it just had such cute interest on it. And it's translatable today with a jeans and a right. t-shirt. Thank you very much. And no one else is going to have it. No one else is going to have it. That's <laughs> for sure. But you yeah. knew, I mean, yes, it has to be dry cleaned, but you knew you had a piece that could be used forever. Yeah. So I agree about the fast fashion thing. Like, I have a few pieces. Mm -hmm. I like some trends out there. Like, they're just fun, and I want to incorporate it in some way. But I just feel like let's not get into this every single season. We have right. to, like— Get a whole new set of clothing because we want to stay with the trends and, oh, it seemed really cheap. Really, in all honesty, it's not saving you anything. No, because, you know, I always tell people, if you spent $5 on a thing and you only wore it once, it's actually a lot more expensive than something you paid more money for, but you wear all the time. Or if you paid $5 for a thing and it just sits in your closet, it was actually a lot more expensive than you think. Mm-hmm. I was going to say to kind of pull in something else that I think is really important for people to understand is that tailoring. It makes a big difference. When you have quality clothing, you can get tailoring. You're going to get me on a soapbox now. Um, we love a this, soapbox. This topic, you know, I, I get comments, oh, what's your clothes? Everything fits you so perfectly. Clothes are not made for any of our bodies. There is a fit model. The clothes are made for that person and that person alone. I tell people, you buy it to fit the biggest part of you, right? And then take it in. Because they'll say, oh, I, well, oh, I went there and that just didn't fit me. It didn't fit me here. You didn't fit me there. You can make it work for you, but you're going to have to invest a little more, right? I don't care if I pay $10 for the pair of pants. I'm going to get it tailored 
So then it looked like I paid $200 for that pair of pants. And people think I did. In the grand scheme of things, like it really is not that expensive if you're looking at A, longevity, B, it's fit right to your body. It's made for you. So it's the comfort. And what I've found is the confidence. I mean, now I can just wear my clothes. I'm out there. I feel fantastic. I'm not pulling. I'm not worried. I'm not, I mean, I'm just confident because I know I look great. That is definitely solidly in the out category is people believing that their bodies are supposed to be one size fits all. Like if you're a size four, you're supposed to sit a fit a size four. If you're a size eight, a size 10, a fifth, you know, 16, that that is it. Yeah, people are, um, I don't know, like a size is their identity. Like it, it's a, it's a, well, I'm a size this. It's like, well, probably if you were in this brand, you're probably not, right? And I found that out mm-hmm. like very rudely because I thought I was pretty small, right? And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm a four. And then I, I don't remember which brand it was. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't even get this over my hips. And I had to You know, I think it was an Italian brand because, you know, they just don't, it's like the sizing there is a whole different world. But um, so now when people even ask me, what, what, what size are you? I'm like, my measurements are, and I tell you need to know your measurements. I shop probably 95% online. You better know your measurements and you better read that size chart. So I, I try to get people out of the the size, um, number one, that's not your identity. And it's okay to go up a size. It's not going to, nobody even knows. It's be your little secret. The tag is on the inside, not the outside, right? And so I just say, know your measurements. And circling back to what you were commenting, I keep on thinking of the hat. I want to say what's out because this this is a big one. Worrying whether or not you can pull it off. I have passed on so many opportunities of feeling fabulous because I was worried about, can I pull it off? What will people think? Like, if it brings you joy, wear it. That's my motto. That is my motto. Yay, I love that. Anytime someone makes that comment, I tell them, well, you've basically made that come true. You can't pull Mm -hmm. it off because you've made yourself believe that you can't. And that's where it starts. Um, Instead of saying, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can. And there are times where I'll put something together. Anytime I'm questioning myself, it's because I'm connecting to how I feel. If I put this on and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm smiling real big. And then I, and I, and then if I question like, oh, am I going to wear this? Then I already know my mind is going a place that I should not allow it to go. Mm-hmm. And I actually make myself wear it. It said, oh, you had that thought? You're wearing this. And I, I wear it. And I'm going to feel fantastic. Okay, true story. So in the beginning of 2023, I was asked by my bosses if I would represent the company at an award show in LA. And I was like, I'm so excited. I have never done anything like that before in my life. And I was like looking for a dress, you know, like what do you wear to such things? And I'm looking at all these conservative kind of like just what's going to make me comfortable. And my friend who was going along with me, he's like, well, hell with that. 
you're wearing this dress. And I'm going, I don't think I could pull it off. And when I said that, I was like, okay, the last time I wore a formal dress was my wedding from, you know, Mm -hmm. my ex-husband. But like, I was 23. And I'm like, I'm now 51. And I'm worrying about whether or not I can, like, here's an opportunity that may never happen again. Let's do it. Right. So I winded up wearing it. And I was so at first feeling very like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm wearing something like this, but okay. And then I went in and I did exactly what you said. I'm like, I am going to own this. I am going to pull from the corners of the room and say, this is mine. And let me tell you, a lot of people came up and were like, you're stunning. I felt so good. Oh my gosh. And thank God for like women that like support other women and are willing to say, oh my God, you look amazing. You know, because I was like, thank you. Right. It happens. (laughs) I told someone, you know, you can practice confidence. You you can fake it. Like I was going to a friend's brunch and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, no, honey, you're wearing it. And I went to this thing. And when I got to the table, my friends were like, you should have seen how everybody was looking at you when you walked in. But I was purposely not looking because I, I didn't want to take in any negative vibes from any of these people. I'm focusing, I was with my husband, I'm focusing on just getting there with, to hang out with my friends. And, you know, they were telling me, they're like, oh man, I wish I had recorded the looks on people's faces when you came in. Because that is also a really key thing. In, in a very subconscious way, so many of us are influenced by little glances or whatever that might actually be positive, but we're interpreting it. So in all honesty, like if we're feeling wonderful, if we're feeling like, I feel really good about this, like block them off, put those blinders right. on. Don't look at anybody else because all that matters is you. Right. When I try to outfit on and I fit and I look in the mirror and I feel like that, I want to harness that. Like, oh my God, I feel amazing. And I want that for everybody. I want that for everybody that's either following me on Instagram or anybody I'm working with, I'm styling. You know, people will send me a picture and say, oh, you inspired me to put this outfit together today. You inspired me to wear this. And I always say, that's fantastic. How did you feel? Mm-hmm. How did you feel when you went out in that? Because that's what I always want to know. If you said, I felt amazing, nobody could tell me anything, that's that's it. That's winning right there. The other thing I keep thinking about is when it comes to what's out, a lot of people have these fashion rules where they can't mix certain things. And really having to stay so stringent on certain rules really doesn't apply anymore. Right. I actually uh, wrote an article about this on my blog. I think I called it No Longer Playing by the Rules. Because I... I did used to, even though, like I said, my style was a little different, there were rules. There was still a box around it. Oh, your shoes must match your belt, must match your bag, must you must do this, you know. So there were rules that I played by. I saw some some people that I followed and I'm like, and I'd look at the outfit like, oh my God, that's amazing. So I just got in my closet one day. And that's why I tell people, play in your closet. Like, it's not just for kids. Like, it is for adults. Get in your closet. I got in my closet. I just started 
doing stuff. And now I don't even care. Like, I just like, oh, this looks amazing. Oh, yeah, this shoes and the belt are different. But guess what? It's all pulled together by this bag. Or, you know, it's it's really understanding how to pull an outfit together differently and using your accessories and not following these rules. Um, I, I kind of cringe when people ask me, well, can you tell me, you know, what's the best way to dress a body of this shape? Uh in what that body, you and that body likes to wear. Like there's, you got to try the stuff, try stuff. Because if you just go by this rule book, if I say, here's, here's the list of things that, then you won't try anything outside of that. Well, Sabra, let's transition to what's in. And admittedly, you know, being that I'm 51, I'm going to go with this one first. Let's talk about how fashion is not limited to a younger generation, that this can be expanded no matter what age you are. I completely agree. I feel like I've come strongly into my own sense of style and and personal style and fashion since I've turned 50, right? Or in my Mm -hmm. late 40s. A lot of that is I think the wisdom and the knowing that, you know what, I probably have more years behind me than ahead of me, and I'm really not caring anymore. Yeah, I'm just going to do what I want to do, right? So I'm coming into my own. Nobody, you're not going to tell me what to wear. I, I'm going to wear what I want. I'm a grown woman, and I wear what I want to wear. Maybe it's just me, but I think a lot of women from generations before that when they got to a certain age, it was almost like they just disappeared. Like everybody wore the same house dress. Everybody wore the same, you know, just something simple, not complicated. And it was like tired. And I find that this generation is looking at it like this is freeing. Like Mm -hmm. for years in my twenties and thirties, I was told what to wear. I was told how I should look. And now I don't care. Like I'm going to have fun. Why not? And there is still a good part of that age demographic, and obviously the the older, the generation even older, that still adheres to what a woman of a certain age should wear. I get comments, mm-hmm. oh, that's too young. And, you know, I wore a black leather pleated miniskirt with a T-shirt and some sneakers and a cap, and I got a comment, mm-hmm. that, that's too young. I'm like, I don't remember seeing an, uh, you know, an age number on this this outfit. Um, so this is who I am. So I'm I'm wearing it. And then there's just some women that go, oh, I, you know, how old are you? I'm like, you see all this gray hair? Clearly, I'm not, you know, I'm not 20, right? But they're they're looking for a reason that they can't do it, right? Because it's like, well, you must be younger than me, or you must be this age group because I can't do that. And I'm like, you can do what you feel you you can do, right? It's it's what do you believe that you can wear? Okay, so my style, like Paragon. The person I adore more than anyone is Iris Apfel. She's 102 now. Mm-hmm. And I love her joy for clothing. I love that she's not going to suddenly dim down anything. Like, come on. Hardly. And she's been doing that for years. She became a model at 80 wearing her fashion. Like, I'm all for it. Yeah. The color, the the accessorizing. I mean, I'm I'm a maximalist as well. So that just 
her style speaks to me. I have a lot of people who are afraid of color. So they say, I don't know how to wear color. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you can wear color. It's totally something you can do. I always say to my friends, like, if you're really scared of it, like, wear like a base outfit of something neutral and find that one accessory that has a pop of color that you really love. And that can be your like little step into it. And then try something new. Try something new. Take baby steps if you have to. That's the same thing I tell folks. Uh, Get a bag, get a scarf, you know, just use that scarf as a, you know, on your black outfit or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing with pattern. Some people are scared of print. Print is like the easiest thing to wear. This thing has 10 colors in it. Guess what goes with it? All these 10 mm-hmm. colors. How easy is that? It's like, you know, match these things. It's it's like so easy. Well, I want to also point out what I feel is really what's in it. Again, we touched on it with the fast fashion. Like, you know, that's out. Like, let's not make all of our wardrobe changing every single year. And right now, it's about sustainability. It's about getting quality pieces for a capsule wardrobe. But if you could help me out a little bit with this, when we think of a capsule wardrobe, they say a soda mode of pants, a soda mode of this, a soda mode of that. You know, and I know that's different for everybody. But if you were to give somebody that was at a starting point, knowing that they wanted to get quality, whether that be at the department store or if that is at a thrift store, whatever works for you. What should be those staple pieces for a capsule? That's hard. It is hard. And and generally, when I say when people ask me about, oh, you should do a capsule, I I said, you don't have to threaten me that way. I don't (laughs) want to, like, that is, you're you're coming at me with violence right now. Like, that is not. I get it. That is not a thing, right? But honestly, if I was going to tell someone, you know, there are, like I said, I believe in jeans because I think they can be dressed up or down. I know some people are just like, I don't wear jeans. Okay, blazers, a white button-down shirt. And that was a hard one for me for the longest time because when I was heavier, the buttons, Mm -hmm. I had that lovely gap that would always show up right at the chest area. Yeah, the worst. They don't make it for us. Get it to fit the biggest part of you and get the rest tailored. I know. know, (laughs) But it's scary when you do that because then you sit there and think, Okay, so I'm trying to get it to fit in the chest, but then the shoulders don't fit. You know, you want to make sure the shoulders fit, otherwise not really laying. Right. So it's a hard one to find that shirt that has at least the shoulders and the chest. So I I believe in like kind of the oversized look to get a men's shirt. It can be so chic. And the thrift store, men's shirts and blazers, oh, I live there. So- Back to the capsule, it's the the white shirt I, I believe in. Uh, even a t-shirt, even a, it could be a, a, a rocker tee or just a basic v-neck t-shirt. Shoes, I'm sorry, you got to have at least a couple good pair of shoes. A trainer, if you're into trainers. I love Oxfords. Um, you don't have to wear heels, like, you know, that's not a thing, but a couple good pair of shoes. It's hard because a lot of outfits require heels. Like I and I say require because like in all honesty, I have gotten to the point where sometimes I will wear a formal outfit with sneakers that are really chunky. Mm-hmm. But heels have been my Achilles heel <laughs> forever. 
as a person with sciatica, like, no, I can't list. And if you try to get me to walk on something, especially stilettos, mm -hmm. they don't have a nice strong heel. Yep. Um, I'm walking like a baby doe. It's not a good look. It's not a good <laughs> look. Not a good you look. don't look confident and you don't look stylish. No. If your feet hurt, I don't care what you're wearing. It's not a good look. I wore isotoner slippers to my wedding. I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> right. So I have a thing about shoes. I am wearing flip flops right now. Like I, mm, it, it's just a thing. Yeah. When I think about shoes, I think that's part of our socialization. Like we, we're told we're like, when you get a certain age, now you're a woman, right? You're going to, you're going to wear the skirt. You're going to do, you're going to wear these heels. And I think we bought into that. But I've taken to, um, there's a particular brand whose shoes I love, and they make some of the most fabulous Oxfords and Brogues for women, styled for women, but in a men's production, manufacturing, styling, like super quality, handmade uh, shoes that I'll wear with a pencil skirt. I've worn people like, oh, pencil skirts seem like it goes with heels. No, let me show you. I can show you how to work this but you have to accept like okay it's yes it's a different aesthetic mm -hmm. but stylish comfort is an amazing aesthetic you can own the room in a pair of brogues or oxfords with this skirt and this blazer and a lot of times other women are looking at you different like it's like oh wow look what she did last time I went to a black tie event you know I was like I don't feel like doing the gown and the this and I had a from a fast fashion brand, which I still have, a tuxedo. Oh, how fun. I was like, I'm wearing this black tuxedo. They're going to wear floor-length gowns. I'm going to wear these beautiful gold uh, loafer with a clear heel on it and just my Ooh. accessories. And, you know, people were just like, oh, my God, right? Like, yeah, and I'm comfortable. <laughs> I got a pair of white Doc Martens that, like, I found on sale. I have this pretty dress that I want to wear it with, you know, that it seems a little strange, I guess, for some people to wear them with a dress, but I'm like, mm -mm. no, I'm totally doing that. So if we were to, again, we were talking about thrifting, I personally think that thrifting should be everybody's hobby. Mm -hmm. I feel like thrifting smart is actually trending as well. Yes. And then that is about going there with a plan, whether it be you're thinking about what is the color that you're looking yes. for, because sometimes that's it. There are certain colors on a palette in my head and I saw it down the mm -hmm. aisle and it was like, Zing! and I went running over there to grab it because I didn't know what it was, but I knew the color. Right. And then I would say maybe, I don't know, is it material? Is it, what is it that you would say are the smartest things to go in as a checklist? Because I think everybody should be thrifting smart. Yeah, so I think, and that was something I had to learn. Because when I first went, I was like, oh, look at all these cool things. And let me grab this right? stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to wear that. Oh, this is going back to the thrift store. Oh, this is going back. Gonna, you know, so I had to, after the initial excitement and really understanding how to thrift, right? I think it also helps to know your style, right? I know the first thing I go in, I go to the same areas, but it does help to have a list. Like last time I think I, I went, I was like, oh, I need a new denim shirt because I had, you talk about hormonal weight. I had the other one I couldn't fit anymore. So I'm like, okay, I need a denim shirt. I need this and I need this. So I went in with intention, looked for those things. You can always find a denim shirt at the 
the thrift store. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. things that are just always going to be there, right? And then I go for the areas that I know in my wardrobe, I just wear a lot. I wear blazers. I really like a men's blazer. So I'll get that. I love that oversized look. So I'll go to the men's blazers. I go to the men's shirts because I like their shirts. I wear women's tailored shirts, but you can always find men's shirts there. Women can do a multitude of fashion hacks with a man's shirt. Okay. So that's a gold mine. In the late 80s, it was like very popular to wear stirrups. Yes, stirrup I, oh, I love stirrups. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's a very weird thing. No, I wore them. But <laughs> they would wear their button-down big mm-hmm. men's shirts. Mm-hmm. And my poor father, who you know, was white-collar for work, 11 kids, he didn't need his daughter stealing his white shirts— but I would steal his white shirt, pop that collar, yep. and I would have, and I would go off to school. Oh, he gets so mad. But let me tell you, I styled that thing exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I think it's it, it is important because you can get overwhelmed with thrifting. You can just start grabbing stuff. So I do go in with a plan, but I'm always open because you never know. You never know what you're gonna find. Oh yeah, I do look for fabrics because. My favorite thrift store, when we talk about sustainability and all the stuff that's out there, my favorite thrift store is probably the size of a Target store. Yeah. There's that much stuff in there. And it's amazing. And it's so well organized. So I just, I look for fabrics. I'm addicted to um, military uniform stuff. I always buying old uniforms. Because it's so beautifully made. The tailor, I'm like, this is some of the best clothing. The quality is unmatched, right? The tailoring, mm-hmm. the, oh man, when I found this Marine Corps jacket, because they have the best jacket, right? Oh, the gold buttons and the red trim. Oh my God. So beautiful. Amazing. So beautiful. And I also feel like when it comes to thrifting and thrifting smart, Yes, have your list. Kind of go like I at least I this what I do because I get overwhelmed by the possibilities yeah. and like really in all honesty, there's a lot of junk in there too. So I make it like mm-hmm. a game, like a scavenger hunt game. Like all right, today and have the patience to understand you're not always going to walk out of there with anything. Um, and just go to those beeline areas that you really want to target because, uh, yeah, it can be. A great payout. It can. Great payout with some really quality clothing. And it just changes everything when you have something that's so well made, get it tailored. And, you know, you feel like a million bucks and it doesn't have to be something A, expensive, or B, even right now with the trends, it could be something that might be slightly out of trend, but you can have it tailored to something to make it a little more modern. So there's so many possibilities. Yeah, and the one thing I, I want to say, because I'm, I'm a huge advocate of thrifting, not just for the sustainability. Actually, I didn't even start thrifting for the sustainable aspects. I started thrifting because I was seeing other people with these amazing items. But what it also comes down to is how they styled it, right? But one of the things I really love about thrifting and what it did for me, I said thrifting freed me. Mm. One thing that, thrift stores don't have is that curated look, that manicured look that says, this is how you wear this thing. Oh so my thrifting, gosh. It's, it was like, I call it a jailbreak for the mind. It was like, okay, there's just this stuff in here, right? And 
I have to figure out what to do. Like it unleashed that creativity. Like I'm going to get this item. And sometimes, you know, there's things there that you don't even, I don't even know what this is. I don't even really know how to wear it, but there's something about this material. There's something about this thing. And I'm going to figure out how to make it my own. I mean, to me, that goes back right into like what I would say is the next what's in is freeing yourself and allowing your creativity to come through. And I never thought of thrift shops in that way. We really are sold how we're supposed to wear something, what body type is supposed to wear it, you know, all these different things. But if you just allow yourself to unleash your creativity that works for you, God, that's freeing. Yeah. So when I go there, it was the first time I actively shopped outside of the women's department. I'm like, I can shop. I've shopped the kids. I shopped the men's. It doesn't matter. I buy things that are not my quote unquote size because I'm like, oh, look at this. This is a over. I can do this with this. It just opened up the possibilities. Like I don't see confines when I'm at the thrift store. There are no boundaries when I'm there. I'm telling you, one of the things I was thinking about recently is that I want to learn how to sew again. Like, all right, I used to know how to to sew. I I took sewing classes when I was in high school and everything. And I used to be able to do stuff like that and put things together and know how to like tailor something. Now it's more hand sewing things and I'm good at it, but I want to learn how to do it even better because I also know my mom used to do this. She would take an outfit And then if she saw a piece of material that just spoke to her, she was able to kind of weave it into her outfit and she would just sew it on or create an accent on there. And I think that as we go into fast fashion and we're going into life as such a high paced everything and everything's so expensive, sometimes there's beauty in finding that piece of clothing that is in a thrift shop or whatever. It has great buttons, not your size, great buttons. Those buttons are going to look great on something else. Right. And then it becomes individualized. It becomes something unique and it's all your self-expression. I'm all about anytime I can personalize or make it my own. And when you talk about sewing also, it's empowering. It's empowering to make your own thing. Just like it's, I have a garden. It's empowering to grow my own food. Like there's something about that. Like I recently showcased a, uh, actually I wore it and when I was in New York for Fashion Week, I thrifted this thing new with tags, um, but it's like a plain ecru colored boiler suit, den- like denim. It had long sleeves, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not really exciting." But I love a boiler suit, so I was wasn't gonna leave it there. So I took it. I had my tailor take the sleeves off because I wanted the nice finish. I, I can sew, but I like my finish work is not like that, right? So I had him take the sleeves Same. off, <laughs> and then I painted all over this thing. There's stripes, there's circles. And I have, I recently gotten my own logo. So I painted my logo onto the thing. I wore it to fashion week and it's amazing. Like I love it. Like I felt like a million bucks. What I'm wearing now is a thrifted men's suit. I actually cut the sleeves off because I wanted the raw look. I took the sleeves, attached them at the waist. So they're now the belt. Oh, how cute. So it has the button detail and everything at the cuffs. Yeah. That's so cute. But that's the bit. It's a tie belt. I took the pants, undid them, and made them into a maxi skirt. Oh, I got to do that. I just did this thing for 12 bucks. And I <laughs> and I feel amazing. Like I'm going to go out and, and nobody's going to have this. 
Back in the 90s, I used to take jeans and do that. I used to make them into maxi skirts yes, back in the day. Yes. And I didn't, never thought of taking a men's suit and doing that. How fun. Yeah. And I didn't add fabric. I was able to just sew it together because, you know, they're a little looser. And just so it's more like a pencil skirt. Um, so sewing, but even like I said, just it was a canvas. It was a blank canvas. And I just painted my ideas onto it. So personalizing, that's power. Like that shows your individual style. Nobody's going to have what you have. Well, it sounds like bottom line, you know, your clothes bring you joy. And why not express yourself in any way possible to bring it about you? Like, let's make it about us and make ourselves feel great in our skin. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming in today. This was such a great conversation. I had so much fun. Thank you, Sabra. Thank you. I I had an amazing time. I literally could talk about this <laughs> all day, um, every me facet too, of too. this topic. But thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Danielle Frank. What's in with Olaplex is produced in partnership with Olaplex and Frequency Media. Lizzie Stewart is our producer, and Michelle Quarry is our executive producer. These episodes are recorded by Dante Hodge and mixed by Matthew Ernest Filler and Claire Bidigari Curtis. Development and strategy by Jessica Olivier, Sara Naz Jababayi, and Sarah Adams. 